We're all on a journey to reach our full potential and purpose. And no matter where you are on your path, know that we walk together and not alone. At the Mission Leadership Institute, we believe the path to leadership is self-discovery. To support you, we're bringing the most advanced thinkers in the country to help unpack all that we carry with us on this journey in leadership. Before we start, we want our listeners to know that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Welcome back to the Providence Walk With Me podcast. I'm your host, Martin Schreiber, with the Mission Leadership Institute. In our second episode with John Jeter, we explore how medicine, equity, and diversity play a role in creating sound that captivates people of all ethnicities. Okay, let's get started by welcoming John. Well, John, I wanna thank you for our ability to really get engaged in this concept of music and body and leadership. And we were just talking about the importance of understanding equity. And as in medicine, equity and diversity are an extraordinary part uh, of how music is portrayed. And you, with the great leadership around uh, the African-American composer Florence Price, and now the new uh, ways of your own kind of leadership with the music of the Native American composer Louis Ballard, has has really gotten you on a path both uh, within the area of the Midwest, but then also, John, globally, uh, people have been paying attention to what you're building. Can you talk about this work and the importance of equity and diversity and how we might learn from some of the practices of your own leadership? I think it's been a real interesting uh, uh, journey with uh, the idea is that we, as an orchestra based in Arkansas, we wanted to really promote our culture here. And that happened to coincide with uh, a greater interest really in diversity, just nationally and internationally in every part of, uh, of, of what we do. And of course the arts now is uh, uh, really uh, taking uh, diversity and inclusion very seriously. Uh, one could say for things like classical music, or if you go to an art museum, you know, it's very kind of Eurocentric based and they've kind of been uh, slow. It's generally kind of slow for advancement. But uh, we're seeing a, yes, a very uh, a strong uh, interest in diverse composers, composers who uh, haven't had an opportunity, usually because of racism or, or whatever, to be heard. And um, yes, uh, Florence Price became sort of the, uh, uh, she's, she's almost the, the figure in uh, classical music. She uh, has always been recognized as the first uh, African-American female concert composer. And we, uh, we weren't the first people to record her music, but the first in a long time. And yes, that recording that we made of her first and fourth symphony just was hugely successful. Everyone was talking about it. And now her music's being programmed everywhere. And uh, the next project is a similar one with Lewis Ballard, who's recognized as the first Native American uh, concert composer. And we'll be recording his music uh, later on this season, uh, both recordings and other things I've done for the Noxos label. Uh, it's been great. I, I think what's the, the important takeaway for me in it and how to uh, uh, have all this work is all of these projects have been done 
for uh, complete altruistic reasons. Hmm. We thought it was a good thing to do. We thought it was a cool thing to do. We thought it helped uh, promote the uh, the culture in our region. Um, we didn't expect, and it, besides the experience and hoping that people would come to the concerts and all that, we didn't expect anything from it. Um, I, I don't want to oversell our motivations, but it was just, it was, it was, we, we felt like it was a good project to do. And I think there is a certain, it was very, it's very complicated, but there's a certain uh, plainness to our approach that I think is, um, it's very healthy. Here, here is music by people who had a lot of uh, struggle and it's terrific. And as people, it was interesting is I think as people listen to the music, they could start to make their own observations about uh, uh, really uh, about diversity and cultures. Like, well, this is terrific music. Why has no one ever heard? What? Why? And people kind of make their own. They they know why. They know why this music hasn't been uh, performed. They know about the, all the 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 awfulness, you know, in the culture. And it's a, it's an interesting. Again, it's a way to um, address a lot of those negative aspects of the past um, in a way that's very positive and beautiful, ironically. I mean, again, that's kind of the power of music. And I think, you know, I, I think, you know, addressing diversity and inclusion is really, it's really important. I think my experience has been, it's going to be really effective depending on how you do it. Hmm. which is silly. He's like, well, of course, but I think it's, I think, you know, the more finesse that's used, I think it's more effective. Um, cause, cause we've kind of, our experience has been to sort of slide into it in a way that's just been hugely very positive and very, um, what we've done, uh, there really haven't been any, um, barriers. There's no pushback. It's all been very inviting. And actually there's been a lot of, uh, uh, discovery, rediscovery, people feel really, uh, uh, positive about it. So, you know, any sort of, any sort of thing with equity and diversity has got to be done, you know, extremely well, I think. And this how is wonderful frontiers for us, even in medicine and yep. in the ways of having this symbiosis of music and medicine and thinking about stress and how isn't it better to maybe review in your own self-discovery, what is it that can help you, uh, not just of calm, but of authenticity? I love how you described the project as it was just the right thing to do. Well, yeah. could you talk a little bit about how you're finding with these ways of music that stress, wellness, uh, whole person integration might better advance as we're all trying to figure out how to find this balance in our lives. Well, again, music, sound, uh, you know, vibration, there's, uh, I, there's actually like vibration therapy that's been studied for a while. I think again, all of these things are, can be terrific aids in, in helping with, uh, uh, stress and getting through the day and greater understanding again, uh, since it's, uh, auditory, there is a, a tendency to not look at it as maybe seriously as we could. Um, I, I also, I hope it's okay uh, to say that this is something that um, it, whether people want to learn to play an instrument or go to concerts or listen to music, you know, it's not a drug. 
it's not a prescription. And unfortunately, I do think we live in a society where, you know, that's what you do. You got to have a prescription. <laughs> and those are fine. But there's also there, there has to be a recognition or a continual reminder that there's a lot of other things that we can do. And, uh, you know, uh, I just read I, I don't I can't pull it up now, but I read something the other day about um, a study. It was a European study where, uh, you know, doctors were trying to get more specific or researchers were trying to get more specific information on like walking in the forest and how good that was for you to the point to where they could actually uh, write a prescription for that, yes. <laughs> you know, and there's been other things with the music where, you know, I can't really write a prescription for that unless I have some, you know, some evidence, but you don't need that. Of course, you just have to take the time to uh, really just listen, you know? And, you know, one of the things that we, developed together was a method around healing sounds and how those could come into the hospital per se and right. have that impact your getting ready for the clinical visit and studying it and even NPR picked up our story with it. But I wanted to talk a little bit about that of just people are listening like, hey, this is great, things like that. But the practicalness of bringing music into these settings, uh, that project, I thought, really made an impact in, in the hospital as well as the community. Yeah, that was a, a simple real program, really, on the surface, and that was bringing uh, live music that was uh, appropriate to play in the hospital lobby and meaning appropriate more than anything, just the practical aspect of not disrupting everything but adding an element of a real acoustic music, which, of course, you know, that's what you really want. And there's a whole science why that's even more effective because there's a different uh, set of overtones and vibrations that the uh, peop the listeners listen to. But um, I, I know we had terrific uh, positive feedback. It was unexpected. I mean, we had, it was it was announced and advertised, but of course, it was unexpected by a, a lot of people. And it's an unexpected, very pleasant thing. And uh, I know that the uh, administrative people and uh, uh, caregivers uh, hugely appreciated that, you know, in the background, but at, by the same token, very effective way of helping people just get a little more calm and a little bit more relaxed at work. There was a yeah. thing there that was present, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't blasting away. It was, uh, you know, something that was there. It was live. Um, and, you know, I think as we did other projects, you know, were, there were challenges and, um, you know, again, I think, uh, health systems need to look at ways to, there's tons of ways to bring music more into uh, what needs to be done. Um, there's just some decisions have to be made. I know we looked at some other projects where we got into, you know, what would you call oh, compliance issues? <laughs> and yeah. I, I reckon, yeah, I recognize that. But in fact, I uh, one of the things that we're bringing music into uh, pre-op, actually, someone I just a couple days ago saw a story where that did happen, like in the uh, like in the 2014, 15, 16 range. Some, I think they did it at a pediatric um, clinic. Also, some people did it when there was, oh, anytime, uh, like for IVs and things like that, to play music and every, you know, every patient said they were more relaxed. Just one, that's a simple example. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful to think about just the levels of uh, creativity, but then also the subtlety of these senses that can yeah. impact leadership. 
yeah. and that's that's one of the things that I appreciated you drawing out. Your other passion, I know too, is just this element about children's development and how music can impact as children develop. Are there ways that you have found a number of us being uh, parents as well as our hospital system serving the community of children that equity comes up again based upon how people have resources? Uh, not everybody has the Bose headset um, and not everybody right. even has uh, access to the Internet or some way of right. playing how have you developed this way of closing the gap in terms of childhood learning and health uh, over the years, which has been such a critical part of your own leadership? Well, I wish we could do more. I always talk about doing more with uh, particularly early childhood development. And uh, as we all know, it's between age one and five. The, is about that During those years is when about 90% of the brain uh, develops, 90%. Now, that last 10%, is incredibly important. It lasts a long time, but I can't emphasize enough the importance with really little kids of uh, singing to them, getting them to sing, getting them to do the most simple uh, rhythmic exercises. Um, as we've talked about things like the Suzuki method, where you can start kids as early as, you know, four years old, you know, our daughter started, well, she started when she was three. That's a little different situation because mom was the teacher, but, um, Again, music has been shown to, to uh, positively enhance really every element of brain development. So uh, healthy children, uh, healthy youth, you know, they need a lot of everything from, you know, a positive environment to a healthy eating. But I, I think that in terms of any sort of immersion, I think any, any music immersion could, could ultimately be, you know, the one of just those few key things that would make a huge difference. And it does make a huge difference with uh, young people. And of course, there's that early childhood development, but then throughout uh, childhood, having uh, music as just a part of uh, your life, um, I think is very important. And in terms of equity, a lot of school systems like here in Fort Smith, you know, we have a very excellent uh, public school music program. So kids from sixth grade to 12th grade can be an orchestra band and choir. And it's, you know, it's public school, so it doesn't cost them anything. And I think there are ways to uh, uh, get involved for people with limited resources. There are all sorts of community uh, options, you know, depending on the community. But again, the simple things of, of playing games and singing and uh, doing some simple lessons, that's something that people can do with any background. And, and Interestingly, we're, we're all equipped for it. I mean, mom and dad can sing. It may not, maybe it may not be great, <laughs> you know, but, but it does, it's, but, but it's perfect. It's actually perfect for That's the way to communicate, particularly with very young children. I mean, and it's funny, you know, we're talking about it almost like, you know, ways, but this is something that goes way back. You know, you said people don't have access to both speakers. Well, that's, you know, you know, mom's been uh, singing to the kids since the beginning of time. And I I'll bet you if you were to do a study, I'll bet you in the last 30 or 40 years, mom and the parents don't sing to their kids nearly as much anymore. You know, you put them in front of baby Einstein. Uh, you know, there's the you, know, you see so many kids with this thing now. Uh -huh. The phone. Yeah, it's not good. It's just not good. So I think the one thing is to know then the courage 
in order to find some new methods of how we are utilizing music. That could be what sounds you listen to to calm you uh, before a meeting. Uh, are there sounds that can help you to sleep? Uh, and I really appreciated just how you talked about our own ability to sing. In a period of time, there has been lots of research, uh, specifically with Daniel Pink, about what is one of the most engaging uh, components of a practice, and singing was one of them. And singing allowed people this real sense of joy. How do we get back to a culture that is a little bit less divisive and a little bit more of a, a, a choir singing together, John? I think that's a great hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's going to be a huge thing. And, and, of course, singing, you know, really so, well, all songs do what? They, they have words. They tell a story. So there's this whole huge history, and you can talk about we, this is a whole other podcast, right? About right. the importance of storytelling and listening, and there's that sharing that goes on. And uh, yeah, it's it's you know I think what we have to do is it's like anything else. You, we take all these steps forward, and we're not recognizing the steps that we take backwards. We all kind of know that as a, a cliche, but those you know those backward steps, as we call them, that really aren't. You know, those just get kind of we just kind of forget about them. And we really need to think about that. And John, I really see in our wrapping up today that you're staying with us to develop the story of uh, this journey of pilgrimage as we conclude our time and, and have an opportunity to hear uh, an ensemble, hear music conducted by you uh, in Seattle as we conclude our pilgrimage. It really is a story that will come together. And I wanna thank you for that work and, and for the harmony that you have provided us in a period of time of a pandemic, financial renewal, everything going on in the world that you take the time with us to say that uh, there is hope and that calm is contagious. Well, thank you, Martin. And of course, it's great to, to be of any assistance. And you know, the, uh, the line is always open. And uh, look, look forward to seeing you in Seattle and I'm sure other future projects. I want to thank John for joining us and to everyone for listening. To learn more about John, go to fortsmithsymphony.org backslash music director. You can find the Providence Mission Leadership Institute on LinkedIn. A great fun fact about John is that he loves planes. And if you're ever in his office, you will see these wonderful planes that are flying throughout his space of creativity. <laughs>